Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. In this weekly show, the Husker Online team will give you the latest insight on Husker football, basketball, baseball, and of course, recruiting. Now, here's your host, Husker Online publisher, Sean Callahan. Hello here and welcome to another edition of the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sippen, Robin Washett as uh, here we are guys uh, making our way to mid-November. Uh, we're going to get a beautiful Saturday here in Lincoln after a rough one a couple weeks ago. Um, but it should be a great day, a great stage uh, for Nebraska and Maryland um, here uh, for an 11 a.m. game on Saturday, and the and the stakes are high. I mean, you talk about what this game means to both teams. Maryland's in this 0-4 tailspin the last four weeks. Uh, Mike Loxley's kind of feeling a little bit more heat. His offensive coordinator, Kevin Sumlin, got a DUI over their bye week, um, and they were drilled by Penn State, where Nebraska, as we know, um, suffered a disappointing loss last week at Michigan State. Um, they, they easily could have won. They lost by three. They had some calls go against them in that game. It was interesting even to hear Matt Rule acknowledge that more this week. But this elephant in the room of getting to win number six looms. And you can't deny it. I mean, it means a lot to this state, to this program, to kind of cross through this barrier here in year one of Matt Rule. Oh, absolutely. It would have been nice to get it last week, obviously. Um and, and Rule has I – mean, he talked right after the game on Saturday about how Nebraska's – there's consequences, um, and these kids haven't been through this, and that, and that it affected them. He thought it affected them. I think he, he believe he said that on Monday. Um, how does it affect them? Again, we're talking about this abstract notion, you know, um, and it affects different, different kids different ways. But the other thing that was interesting was – Tony White mm-hmm. talking about how, as a play caller, he needs to cut loose. I only mention that because it's it's all kind of in one big aquarium, you know. Okay, did they cut loose enough? Was it because they're they're tight because of the consequences, or is it because of or is it because a defensive play caller just wasn't cutting loose enough himself? So who knows? I mean, um, they played it almost too safe. At times, where right, that's what he said. You didn't see that six or seven man attack blitz. Kept everything in front, mm-hmm. you know. Kept everything in front, except then they also gave up like six explosive plays too. So like, that's Good the point. problem. Where yeah. not only are they being conservative, guys were making uncharacteristic mental mistakes. You know, mm-hmm. When was the last time you saw Isaac Gifford have a blown coverage like that, where he went and played yeah. the the shallow cross and got beat over the top for a twenty or forty yard play like that? Those types of things that hadn't been happening all year crept up in all three phases they where did. the defense had maybe one of their worst performances since maybe, well, obviously Michigan. Uh, but it's been a while since they've had those types of just self-inflicted mistakes. The special teams was pretty much a disaster. Oof. And then offense kind of has been what offense is. So you got to wonder just what the, the totality <laughs> of the season, the fact that they are into November now, and they are so close to getting somewhere where they haven't been for so long not just with the, you know the young guys being in this situation for the first time, but the especially the older guys. Yeah. Like they they this means so much to them and their respective careers. Like you just got to wonder how much the between the ears factor is a barrier right now that they have to break through this week. Yeah, it felt like Nebraska just was expecting Michigan State to kind of fall apart. There, there. I mean, there were some moments where they had the penalties where they fell apart. But I think you were Nebraska's hope was all right. They're a disaster. They're being run by an interim head coach. They've lost six in a row. They're just going to come unraveled, and we're just going to take advantage of it, kind of like the way Purdue came unraveled. Yeah, I hope that they don't think that way too often about teams. These are these no. are million dollar, billion—I mean, not billion, but million dollar programs. They spend millions of dollars on coaches. They spend millions of dollars on players. Now, these teams aren't just going to fold. I, I would hope to God they don't expect that. 
as far as what Robin was talking about, it is a lot between the ears, which I think we're, as we're talking here, there's a, a theme emerges. When you think about what White said about having his defense cut loose, him being the impetus to that, and then what Satterfield said about Heinrich. Mm-hmm. Just go run over. What did he say? Just run through somebody's face. Quit thinking. Go back to having fun and run through somebody's face. The pressures yeah. of the job have gotten him a little bit. Yeah. Well, and, and then Harburg, too. Harburg said that, you know, he's since he became a quarterback, starting quarterback as a sophomore in high school, overanalyzing has been something he's battled uh, when, it, when it comes to football, where he always overthinks things, not just between games and looking back in retrospect, but like even during live action. He talked about the, the run through your face comment is because he's trying to do too much on his runs to where he's thinking that he can like you know, do a, a Dante Hall juke move on him and when it's supposed to Dante just using Hall. his big size, speed, and physicality, just run through a defender. Uh-huh. That's what he was doing earlier in the year. And that's why he was so effective. Now it's almost like he feels like he has to hit a home run on every run as opposed to doing the body blow method that got him to yeah, where they, they are at this point. Getting five to seven yards. Mm-hmm. Like that sometimes that gets lost in the discussion. Like you're not gonna get the Taylor Martinez type run every time. Well yeah, well, so he mentioned that he overanalyzes. He should fit in really well around here then. <laughs> yeah, we don't do that in this America. fan base, do we? Media, I don't know if we'll analyze anything. <laughs> yeah, never. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he'll fit in really well around here. All right, you're listening here to the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robin Washett as we hit through opening headlines. Um, you know, some other things of, of note that, that came out of last week. Um, you know, Marquis Buford made his return. I, I thought that was a, a real nice surprise. Uh, James Williams gets another sack for Nebraska. Um, he can only play in one more game, and you would think it's going to be this week. Now they could make a decision to play him the rest of the way um, and have him go over four, but are Iowa and Wisconsin going to be heavy pass rushing games that mm-hmm. he'd be needed in? So uh, a lot of other things develop here as we kind of hit this final stretch. Also, Nebraska-Wisconsin guys named a night game, which – we kind of thought that was going to happen, but you almost were in disbelief they would play a night game this late in the year on the road with the short week 11 a.m. game on Black Friday. So Nebraska is essentially going to have two less days of body rest to get ready for their final game of the year against Iowa. That's kind of a tough development, but I mean. But not unexpected. It's going to be a late night postgame show. It's okay. We can handle it. Yeah, we're, we're kind of veterans now. Midnight, start time, 1 o'clock out of the press box. We'll see. But that's the – see how the game goes. But that, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> but Sounds uh, good. I mean, I think – I guess go back to what you just talked about. Getting Buford back I think is pretty critical. Um, for one, we don't know what the status of Malcolm Hartsog is. He was right. he left that protocol uh, game. Yes, yeah, he's going through the protocol, um, and he's questionable probably at best to play. So – you know, he was a guy that played corner, safety, slot, nickel, like all those things. And um, to be able to have Marquise Buford step in and potentially fill that role, that's almost a seamless transition, if not an upgrade, um, when, when Buford's at his best. So that is helpful. They also got Billy Kemp back, which, you know, we guess we'll talk about that in the next segment a little bit more as far as his offensive impact and special teams. But, um, you know, they, they, in one hand, were getting healthier, but then – the sudden absence of Princewell, Uman Mielin, you know, you saw that with their pass rush a little bit. Yep. You know, he's, he's been oh, yeah. one of their most productive pass rushers, and we talk about a defense that wasn't aggressive enough, according to Tony White. I think his absence was noted. You saw Cam Lundhart take a step. If they would have had both those guys, maybe that philosophy of just playing everybody back works a little bit better when you have your two edge ru- best edge rushers available. Your best edge rushers are freshmen. Well, and James Williams. Yeah, no, those guys are good. Those guys are good. And this week against, say his name, please, Talia. Uh, Tagovailoa? Yeah. That was a good try. Uh, <laughs> you really own the oa at the end? Like, you just kind of uh, say it fast enough, it. nobody will know. Talia. Talia. T-T. Um, anyway, really important to get to him. I mean, and, and it's, it's tricky because he can move. He can move in the pocket. Mm-hmm. Like his brother. He extends plays. Yeah, extend, thank you. He extends plays. You, your, your rush lanes have to be disciplined. Um, but, man, I was thinking about that last night, actually. Princewell coming back would be huge, mm-hmm. huge in this game. And, and think about what we're talking about, freshmen. 
but he's gotten that good. Mm-hmm. He's gotten that good. All right. When we come back, we're going to shift over to offensive headlines, storylines going into this game against Maryland. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. Hi, it's Sean Callahan with Husker Online. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones and see what we find. Learn more at uscellular.com slash built for us. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robin Washett. Before we delve into offensive storylines heading into Maryland, this segment of the Husker Online Show brought to you by our newest sponsor of the program, Nuts. Com. Nuts.com is your one-stop shop for freshly roasted nuts, dried fruits, sweets, pantry staples like specialty flowers and more. Their wide selection means there is something for everyone. Nuts.com offers plenty of gluten-free options, organic choices, and other diet-friendly products. Whether you are looking for something sweet, savory, or you need to stock up on everyday cooking essentials, uh, you're bound to find something to try. At Nuts.com, quality is a top priority. They roast their own nuts, and they pop their corn the same day it ships. Mm. So it reaches you deliciously fresh. Satisfaction guaranteed. And if you just heard Steve Sipple, he, we, we got a big shipment in from Nuts.com in the Husker Line headquarters, and, and Sipple is delving through those bags i woof some down like there's no tomorrow and i still haven't caught my teeth too <laughs> <laughs> well they, they threw in some chocolate covered gummy bears i didn't see those and a- abby barmore um kind of take a step back on that one she's yeah. like oh it's not used to I had that. to process that one for a little bit i had those glazed pecans yeah those were exceptional well, yeah, well, that's going to hold us over in the office here the last few weeks of football. Uh, no, you can shop. the world ends, we'll just eat that. <laughs> shop a la carte anytime. <laughs> Opt in to hassle-free auto delivery so you never run out of your favorite items. Uh, you're already stocked up at home, and they can sell directly to businesses. Right now, Nuts.com is offering new customers a free gift with purchases and free shipping on orders of $29 or more. Just go to Nuts.com slash Husker. So go check out all the delicious options at nuts.com slash Husker. You'll receive a free gift and free shipping when you spend $29 or more. That's nuts.com slash Husker. All right, let's get into the offense, guys. As you look at this matchup for Nebraska, a lot of emotions on Sunday, Monday have kind of cooled down a little bit but about Harburg. I mean, you know, have they, they? I don't yeah. say everyone's cooled down, but – you know, this notion or thought that there's going to be a QB change just doesn't seem like it's out there right now. Well, no, the head coach, yeah. I mean, he was sort of glowing in his praise of Heinrich, mainly not of pertaining to his play necessarily, but pertaining to his attitude and how he embraces pressure and the, and the, the high want-to factor. That rule said, look, and Sean and Rob, you know this from covering the program for so long. Not every quarterback wants that pressure. Nope. Uh, we've, seen, we've seen a couple instances where well, they didn't want it. Um, so they appreciate that about, about Heinrich. It's starting to remind me of Adrian a little bit. It's become a bit of a lightning rod subject. And it, why does it remind me of Adrian? Because – it's nothing about personality or anything they say or the way they act. It's all about just the play. And, I mean, Adrian was as big a, or as most, like, intense a lightning rod player as you'll ever find with, with – Taylor gives it a pretty good run, though. Yeah, but, yeah, Adrian was interesting to me always because he was such a benign personality, and so is, and so is Heinrich. But it's becoming lightning rod a little bit. Yeah. The subject, the subject. And a lot of it, I think, is more just the, the situation that Nebraska's in right now. His where, first true loss. As, yeah, and, you know, his flaws have become more and more obvious. Um, you know, the turnovers, the, the lack of downfield accuracy, um, 
you know, now like his own, by his own admittance, he's not running the same way he was early in the year. Ah, and so like <clears throat> those types of things are now probably more under the microscope than ever. And then you add a loss behind that, then that magnifying glass gets even greater. So that, you know, that's just comes with the territory though. I mean, like you got to know what you expect, especially if you're a Nebraska kid, you I mean, I'm sure he criticized a Husker quarterback or two in his days growing up. So he I'm, he understands. And, I, you know, I think that's kind of where his overanalyzing comment comes into play, where, like, he's trying to do so much to be the quarterback everyone wants him to be, <laughs> where for the here and now, he's just got to be himself. Think about it, though. Every quarterback at Nebraska to some level has dealt with it. You, had, you even had Tommy Frazier and Brooke Behringer, that debate. You had people wanting Frankie London to start over Scott Frost. Crouch. You had the Crouch Newcomb debate back in that whole era, really from '98 to '01. How how that kind of battled back and forth. Jamal Lord, Mike Stunts, Kurt Dukes. You can go down the line. Joe Daly and whoever else on that Callahan team. Harrison Beck. Zach Taylor was probably the only. Now I'm thinking out loud to you guys. Okay. Zach Taylor is probably the only guy that I don't recall over his two full years as a starter where people weren't crying for him to be benched. Now, nope. Harrison Beck was on that bench. Yeah, nobody was crying for that. And nobody was crying for uh-huh. the throw god to go in there. <laughs> that's his... Easy. T- You're going to get tic- targeted. Hey, uh, that's his um, TikTok name. Hey, hey, um, what, who was who who is Zach throwing to? Who was Terrence Pur- Dunn, Nate Swift, Purified. Todd Peterson, Reese Purified, <laughs> Matt Harrion. Yeah, a little different now, isn't it? A little different now. I mean, yeah, they ask... Heinrich to do a lot. That's what that's what the head coach like was even saying. Even Hunter Tiefentiller would be a good tight end right now. Well, oh and God, he'd, and look, he'd look like Shockey right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> Hunter nice. Tiefentiller reference. Check. Hunter Tiefentiller <laughs> equals Jeremy Shockey. That's another sip. Right. I mean, one. they need playmakers around Heinrich, and that's <laughs> sorry. That's what that's what that's what rule was emphasizing or at least talk, talked about extensively on Monday that they're asking Heinrich to do so much. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about we don't even think about it. I think because we're used to it because of the Taylor because of Adrian Martinez. But man, I it's just amazing what he's got to lead him in rushing. Well, it does lead him in rushing by a long way. Have you ever noticed that? Yes. Heinrich Harburg leads the team in rushing by a long way. Okay. He also has to be a pinpoint passer, um, and he doesn't exactly have well, – he doesn't have purified Todd Peterson and Nate Swift to throw to or Hunter Tiefetiller. Um, he's got a good tight end. I would, I would argue about the pinpoint because he's missing some wide-open throws. Well, I, my point is – But the, but to your on. point, his margin for error is so slim right now just right. because of the rate in which he and the rest of the offense are turning the ball over, the lack of – I guess outside of Thomas Fedoni, proven weapons, the at pressure the skill positions. The allow. Yeah, and then Sean, Thank I want you. I want you to kind of re- rehash the pro football focus grades from what Michigan State was able to do against Nebraska's offensive line, and to where like you go back and listen to Matt Rule's comments after the game, he wasn't dumping a lot of blame on Heinrich Harburg. He said it was a collective issue kind of hinting that the protection was maybe the biggest issue for them at all. Well, first of all, he does hold the ball a little too long. I think hard, at hard, times at times. And some of that's because receivers aren't getting as open um, because people are dropping seven. And we know that because on 37 pass drop backs last week, Michigan state only blitzed once blitzing means bringing more than four. So that means Michigan state had seven dropped back on 36 of the 37 throws on those 37 dropbacks, Michigan State produced 21 quarterback pressures. 21. The D line, in a D line itself, their front four going against Nebraska's 5 0 lineman and a running back chipping or protecting, they produced a combined 22 pressures. So there were some dropbacks where multiple players get in. Um, with, and they do that with stunts and movements, outside moves. Ben Hart had a rough game on the right side. Nuri really struggled in his first game back. Prohaska hung in there. I think that was the one guy that played well, I, fine. And I think, a, I think that, that Evans, Jenkins, Evans Jenkins hung but in there. The, the well. right side had a tough matchup last week. And, you know, I'm not saying it was the players' fault, but they had a tough matchup. Michigan State still has dudes on that team that played in a, in a New Year's Six bowl game. I mean, they have material on some of those positions right now. Yeah, and I don't want to make this sound like they got Nebraska has no offensive players, but. 
on the other hand, a lot of these guys wouldn't be playing if Nebraska didn't have those rash of injuries. Mm -hmm. Top four receivers, top two running backs, a couple linemen down. I, I mean, we talk about it all the time. I think you, I, you almost got to remind people sometimes. This is, it's not – so uh, some of these guys just wouldn't be playing if Nebraska had its full complement of players. There's a lot of first- and second-year guys out there in starting roles right. now, and they're right. learning on the fly. All right. all right, when we come back, we're going to shift the discussion over to defense. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sippel, Robert Washett as we talk Nebraska-Maryland defensive storylines. Before we get to that, this segment of the Husker Online Show brought to you by CHI Health. When you need heart care, you know you're in good hands with CHI Health in Nebraska. It's Heart Hospital in Lincoln. They're offering the community's most advanced heart care with their heart hospital located at 91st and Pine Lake Road, just north of Highway 2. The experts at CHI Health Nebraska's heart uh, put our heart and soul, plus the latest in cardiac and vascular technologies, into caring for our community. The highly specialized team works closely with you to get you back on your feet after having a major chronic event or cardiac condition. They're offering the highest level of care to keep your heart beating strong. Our heart care extends beyond Lincoln too, uh, with expert cardiovascular care at all 14 hospitals and heart experts who live or travel to 35 communities across Nebraska, Southwest Iowa, and Northern Kansas. More than 600,000 people die of heart disease every year. Learn your, your heart's real age by taking an online quiz at chihealth.com slash heart risk. And probably should not take those heart quizzes after Oscar game, Civil. If, if you're <laughs> Robin. <not advised>. <laughs> You could say that to Robin. All of, I mean, after the yeah. weekend we had, and after or, or the steak that we ate at uh, about yeah. Bodie's Chop House. The amount of red meat we've been consuming, we should all worry about our cardiovascular health at this point. The uh, tour has <laughs> one more stop in, in Madison <laughs> next week. By the way, we're going to delve into the tornado room. Yes. Okay. The final leg of the Sipil has not been yet. It's we go, if we go to Vegas for a bowl game, which I'm really getting ahead of myself yeah. here, Coach. <laughs> Sorry about the one and zero week here. We're, we're thinking about Vegas, like. Golden Steer Steakhouse. That's the, we got to go. Whoa, to Let's whoa. focus on the process here, fellas. I mean, Was that in Casino? <laughs> no, but it's a 1960s mafia type steakhouse. You know the movie I'm talking about. It might the have casino. been in the movie. I think the movie it might casino. have been actually. You're right. Casino. The Golden Steer. It's. It seems like a place that might have been in Casino. Yeah, great movie. By oh, the yeah, way. the yeah, was Heart Month. We got to lay off that red meat for a little bit here on the during the week at least. <laughs> yeah, uh, but let's space it out there, a little. Sport. Let's let's get into um, <laughs> let's get into the defensive storylines. Uh, no Prince Wall Umanyelin last week, uh -huh. and you know he, hopefully he's back from the protocol. Hartstogs now potentially in the protocol. Uh, Marquise Buford returned. Deshaun Singleton doesn't seem like we'll see him at all this week and possibly the rest of the way. So. A lot there to kind of, you know, key pieces to, to watch here for this game on Saturday. I haven't been doing this very long. Do do, do guys stay in the protocol for two weeks? It depends. They got to pass tests. Does it sometimes yeah. go two weeks? It's not. It's like all about your co cognitive testing. And for one, if you're showing symptoms, sensitivity to light, headaches, nausea, all that sort of stuff. And once you're done with that, then you got to pass the cognitive test. Then you got to reacclimate to your on-field stuff and show that, that there's no setbacks with that so it's kind of a, a literal day to day, -to -day progression that yeah. some guys get over it in a few days or pass i should say and other guys it takes longer why is why is i'll tell you why prince will's important and cam lenhart and james williams and the athletic edge jamari guy, butler jamari oh yeah thank you sean jamari butler those type of guys are really really important in this game because of because of talia and his escapability and, like you said, his ability to extend plays. Those quick twitch 
edge rushers are critical. I mean, mm-hmm. chase him down, not get out of their rush lanes because they're athletic. Um, big. I mean, I, I just think Prince Will's a gigantic factor if he's healthy. Well, and I'll put the same onus on the, the back end. Oh, uh, sure. If you're talking about a quarterback that is able to buy time and extend plays by rolling around in the pocket, evading that pressure. Oh, God, yeah. you got to stick with your receiver for a long time. And guess what? Maryland has a bunch of big, fast, they do. strong, athletic, wide receivers, like always. And right. their hallmark of their offense is the big play through the air. And yep. so that is going to be critical, especially coming off a game in which Nebraska had its worst defensive performance against the big play. Watch warm-ups when they trot their receivers out. You'll see 6-1, 6-2, 6 They annually put dudes in the league. So, like... Well, Loxley's a great recruiter. I mean, he was at Alabama. Yep. And he's been... The reason where he's at as a head coach was his recruiting. He was always regarded as one of the top recruiters in the country. And they will get off the bus and look as good as any team Nebraska plays other than Michigan. Yep. All year. The, but why do they fold? I mean, why do they fold? Culture, it's, toughness, mental. I mean, you can have a bunch of good – Texas A&M, I guarantee you when they get off the bus, they look good. Mm. They easy, fold. easy. Now, we're not going to talk about Jimbo like that. That's, that's, I'm just using an example. Like, there's a lot of teams boy. that get off the bus that look good, yeah. that don't, don't put it together <laughs> consistently. Every SEC team Nebraska's played in a bowl game, you always say that, like, man. like Look at them. Look at them. Look at, look at, us. at us. Look at them. Yeah. Look at us. Georgia. Remember uh, that? Yeah. I mean, I mean who was that? Remember Alshon Jeffrey just going through warm-ups? Like, oh, my God. <laughs> Alshon Jeffrey. Corey Never Raymond. seen a receiver look like that. <laughs> so, Corey Raymond, the former secondary coach for Did Nebraska. You? Nebraska played South Carolina in the 2012, January 1, 2012, Capital One Citrus Bowl in Orlando, Florida. And there was a reporter for the Omaha paper at that time um, that just kind of was trying to overanalyze why they got beat. And – and Raymond just looks at him. He goes, look at them. Look at us. Basically saying, like, they got a bunch of dudes. We don't. Ooh, that would hurt. It still hurts to hear that. And those teams. But it doesn't always matter. I mean, Tim Beck has had, like, when he was the OC back in the day, he had a bunch of dudes pushing Georgia guys off the line of scrimmage. I mean, they, you know, Nebraska has proven they can play with these teams. But you got to be on the same page. You got to execute. You got to right. be in unison. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's why Iowa can play in those bowl games and destroy some of those teams every year. Uh, yeah, like Kentucky last year or whenever that was. Yeah, good analysis, Sean. It's true. I mean, it, that was a very interesting moment though, that we all will never forget when we're standing because we were all standing there. And, uh, my mouth might have been open. Like, what did he just say? <laughs> you, just, you just don't hear coaches say that very often. That was his last year them. at Nebraska. Yeah. Look at us. Yeah. Yeah, because he moved down to the, you know where he went. LSU. Down. He LSU. went down in the, yeah in the SEC. That's where he that's where he wants to be. Yeah, it's just I think Maryland isn't that D, they call it the DMV. Um, yeah, DC, Maryland, Virginia. Yep, and talent. That's a hotbed of talent there. And, yes, and Loxley's got guys there. I mean, he, I mean they have dudes. A lot of teams go in there though, including Penn State. I mean, there's a lot of people fighting for those guys oh yeah but here's the deal you want to talk about the mental aspect of it we're talking about all nebraska's issues maryland's going through it right now too they've lost four in a row and just got the bricks beat off of them by penn state 51 to 15 at home and they lost to northwestern and they lost to illinois and let's go ahead and mention that they they rushed for minus 49 yeah so they you know they've got some locker room stuff they got to figure out going on the road coming off that loss against a nebraska team that is in like a must-win situation right now so that that's a lot to ask on their end right oh, it now. Is. And so they're, they're, let's not make them out to be like this, you know, just well-oiled machine no. coming in here. They've got plenty of warts. And Nebraska's got to be able to jump on Maryland early, fluster to, uh, Talia mm-hmm. early, mm-hmm. Uh, keep them one-dimensional early. Don't let them run the ball. They don't run it often, but when they do, they're fairly effective outside of last week. Uh, so they've they've got an, uh, the, the potential to get them buried quickly kind of the same way as last week nebraska had opportunities to bury bury michigan state they let them hang around michigan state started making some plays and then all of a sudden that confidence got built up next thing you know the game's over and they lose yeah all right when we come back abby barmore is going to join the show and we'll take your questions here in the mailbag you're listening here to the husker online show with threats to our nation waiting around every corner adaptability is more important than ever when conditions change without notice Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. 
Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robin Washhead, Abby Barmore joining us here now on the mailbag. But before we get to that, this segment of the Husker Online Show brought to you by Bauer Underground. They're helping shape Nebraska's infrastructure future, and they're looking for new members to join the team with open positions for laborers, equipment operators, aerial linemen, and foremen. Bauer Underground is searching for the best in construction. Visit BauerUnderground.com to learn more about career opportunities and industry-leading benefits, including competitive pay, employer-paid health insurance, dental disability, vision, and life insurance, <clears throat> 401k match, new top of the line equipment, and Steve Sipple's favorite, the clothing allowance. <laughs> what is that supposed to mean? So I'm afraid to. Lo- Every time I read that ad, I think I'm going to lose you to Bauer for the. Well, clothing give me allowance. a clothing allowance then. It's that simple, Sean. <laughs> no experience in utility underground construction, no problem. Bauer will train the right people in this field, giving you the hands-on experience that you need to build a long and rewarding career. Want to learn more? Visit Bauer Underground on Facebook to view testimonials from current Bauer teammates, hear about their experiences, the company culture. They'll all be at the game um, in the Bauer box, the Bauer tailgate party, for example, this weekend. Uh, it's family-owned, and they have crews and work sites across Nebraska, wherever you live. Bauer has an opportunity for you. So for more information, like Bauer Underground on Facebook, or visit BauerUnderground.com. Come start your new career today. Thanks again to Bauer Underground for sponsoring us here on Husker Online. All right, Abby, where are we going? Okay, first one. Which transfer portal player that came in this offseason has helped Nebraska the most? Hmm. Awkward silence. <laughs> um, okay. I mean, I, transfer. probably Ben Scott. Yeah. I, I, there you go. Yeah. So like, you're talking about this past offseason? Camp. Yeah. Camp. Oh, hey, Elijah Judy blocked a field goal. That was pretty big. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's Ben Scott, though. Ben Scott, though. Ben Scott Kemp starts Kemp. every game. Who's who's your second one? Kemp. Yeah, I take Kemp. He was he's the leading receiver outside Fedoni. Yeah, he's um, got more catches than, or more yards or okay, one of the two. One of the two. Yeah. So I'd say those two for sure. Ben Scott and Kemp have been hit. They've been hit. Judy's playing. He'll play in the range of eight to fifteen snaps a game. He's a, he's a good pass rusher. He's a big man. I put him in pass rush situations. Elijah Judy from Texas A and M. So they've had some hits. Yeah, I think it's just a reminder how hard it is to make it work with the portal. Like, I, you know, it's not a fantasy football team here. Like, it's real football. It's real culture, real life issues to blend these teams together. It's not easy. No, it's not because it's Ron Brown compared it to like it's like you're going down the you're going down the interstate at ninety trying to make good decisions. Everything ramped. Everything. Everything speeds up in portal recruiting. So you're trying to, you know, you've all, you used to hear those stories about coaches like, oh, I talked to their guidance counselor. I talked to the neighbor. I talked to the, the little league baseball coach. Can't do all that. There's no time. There's no time in portal recruiting. It's like going it's, to Vegas and meeting oh a gal in a oh week boy. and getting married. Because you, you had a good week in Vegas. Wow. And he just got married. And you just got to hope that chemistry really is right. Then she comes back and you find out a few things about her. Maybe yeah. or she finds out a few things about you. Right. Um, that maybe uh, aren't aren't a good marriage. That's the transfer portal. Yeah, I remember even John Cook mentioned that with Merritt Beeson. Like, remember the credentials were there. Like that wasn't the issue, but he just didn't know her. He right. didn't know what she was going to be like off the court and in the locker room. And so, even at, at other sports, you're taking a risk oh, yeah. with someone that could be, you know, the the best person ever. You just don't know. You don't know how they're going to respond to the new situation that they're in at your school in your program. Well, Abby in volleyball, even Caitlin Horde, she was an outstanding player, but that team last year doesn't look like this team this year with the player. I mean, when you look at the high school recruits that John Cook brought in versus, you know, a big name portal player they tried to kind of build with. Yeah, and with Caitlin, they kind of had some issues setting her because she jumped so high. It was hard for them to connect with her, and she didn't she didn't reach her full potential here. She she blocked great. She led the country in blocks, but she couldn't get that going with that chemistry and hmm. the new players after being at Penn State for so long. All right, what do we got next? Okay, next one. If Nebraska, hypothetically, I'm knocking on wood, loses the next three games hmm. and finishes 5-7 and seven on the season, would you consider this season a success? No. No. I mean, it would be a nope. real tough 
pill to swallow. And they could still get to a bowl at five and seven. I think there's a lot of projections oh, out there. No, there are. There's a lot of projections out there that there will be eight teams going to the bowls this year. It's one of those years where the teams have just beat up on each other mm-hmm. and the top, top teams have kind Interesting. of. Yeah, it's a weird year in that sense. Interesting. I would tell you this, Abby. Matt Rule would not consider it a success. Yeah. So I don't feel, I don't feel like we're being overly negative with our quick response. Matt Rule would say, no, that's not a success. Especially in the way that that record would have happened. The fact that they yeah. were so close and right. fell so short or that far away from achieving that goal and to not do it. Oh, he's trying to build a program that's really strong in November. Yeah, that means that you did not take that right. step. Right. I think if they, it would almost feel dirty if they went to a bowl at five and seven. Yeah. Like, if they ended the bowl streak. It would. It, it, like, like it, would you even count it? Would that be an asterisk? <laughs> well, Mike Riley went to a bowl at five and seven and, it like, kind of. Well, that was fascinating because that bowl, they played really well. It was like a they played a rank. They played a ranked team. And, and, and crushed, crushed UCLA and hammered it on the ground. And I, and I wrote a big column, like, this is Riley. He finally figured it out. He's going to hammer it at people. <laughs> Whoops. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was wrong. Nice job. Next nice question. <laughs> Nebraska ball fans got their first look at the majority of Nebraska's team this year. What are your first impressions of the squad? Yeah, so they're still incomplete. Casey Tominaga, as of recording time, hasn't played yet. Um, Juwan Gary hasn't played yet. Uh, Blaze Kada, Ramel Lloyd have still been out. So the the full roster has still yet to play another opponent together on the court. But we've at least been able to see kind of the picture of, of some of those critical pieces, especially in the front court, uh, Rink Mast and Josiah Alec. They kind of represent this brand of what Nebraska wants to be this year in terms of this new wave of physicality and being a, a tough bully type team in the post. And the competition was what it was, but they did what they were supposed to do. They were the bigger, stronger, uh, more experienced team, and they played like it. And they and they dominated Lindenwood. So, um, you know, with this non-conference, it's going to be a constant evolution of getting these other pieces back in the mix, blending it all together, trying out different lineups. But for the first couple of uh, glimpses we've seen, it's been pretty positive. And competition aside. Nebraska, there's been years where they lose that game, and they lose against these types of teams. Western and, Illinois. Yeah, I mean, you could go down the list. There's numerous examples. Riverside? Yeah, you see Riverside. Southern Utah. Uh, Western Illinois, like you Good said. God. So, like, I mean, there's a long line of it. And for them to handle their business and doing it in a convincing manner, manner to me, that's a tangible sign of progress. All right, next question. Good Abby. answer. What are your thoughts on rules comments about the refs and the review process? And is there something that the conference can do to limit those bad calls? I said this on KFAB this week, our affiliate in Omaha, um, that rule almost sounded like he was one of the congressmen, the way he, he like was critical without like calling them out, but he was critical in, in kind of a political way. Like, hey, I'm not going to blame the on-field guys. They have a tough job. But the guys in the replay booth. The review. The review guys, they have the technology that they should never be wrong. And, well, and it's hard not to disagree with that. No, the review, okay, you go back to Minnesota, and he went back to Minnesota to the play right before halftime where Gabe Irvin. The ball crossed the plane. Yeah, Gabe touched Irvin. The plane. It wasn't immediately, like we didn't know in the press box, right? But after the review, you're like, oh, yeah, that looked like a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Still wasn't called. And then the play against Michigan State where, you know, you look at the replay over and over on BTN or wherever you see it, where I, I saw it on BTN last night, and I'm like, oh, God. Yeah, that wasn't a catch. But why can't they see that in review? I don't know. They back the call on the field hard. That's my theory. They always give that guy on the field, if they think he had the closest view to it, and he calls what he does, if it's not indisputable, they tend to back that guy. Am I wrong? Yeah, there's got to be conclusive evidence to change the call on the field. And if they think there's any level of doubt, they're going to err with what was ruled, the, the initial ruling. So that's my only answer. But what's the point of review then? At that point, just go with the call on the field. Here's the question I have, and we need to ask this to somebody. It, does Rule get fined for those comments yesterday? I think the Big Ten announces that. I don't think they just keep that quiet. Yeah, no, there, there'll be a statement that he's would, been would, Should he be fined? No. No. He... Because he didn't come out and like put it on blast. Like he's like more questioning just the process. I, I mean, can he have a discussion? Like he was just having a, a fair discussion. 
And if he does get fined, I don't think he cares. I think he makes enough money. I don't think he cares one bit. Because he, he said it to sell. He's like, I got to stand up for my guys. That was Like, if he doesn't think that I'm up here going to bat for them, even if it means that it's going to cost me a, a check to the Big Ten, so be it. You know, I, I, he, I think it's far more valuable to have his players believing that he's going to fight for them than worrying about any sort of, like, right. And those comments might put some more heat on the conference replay highest levels to get the message down. Let's not screw this up again. Mm -hmm. Like, what the hell is this? What the hell is this? The ball hit the freaking ground. It's an incomplete pass. Hey, Malachi Coleman got the first down. Why did you mark it at nine? Why did you stop That was the call that was the most egregious to me. Clearly had the first down. 15 seconds run off the clock because it's second Well, nine. a Harburg fumble, too. I mean, yeah, it was pretty bad. Why can that was pretty bad. Dean, I won't even try to get his last. Blandino. I, I said Blandino. Bambino. Bambino. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, he, he was like incomplete pat. Like, it wasn't even like a – we were in the – we were watching it on Fox. And yeah. what's funny is when I brought that up to Rule, and the Rule had no idea yeah, that he couldn't Fox, see it. Fox, like, said, like, why wasn't this stopped? Hmm. All right. Now, one other thing. You typically – now, the only pushback I'd give you guys on discussing officials is you don't – I don't think it's, it would look good for college football if every Monday coaches came out and had a long spiel about the officiating. I don't know if that's – But he's talking about two particular plays in one-score games that resulted in a touchdown being put on the board and one being taken I off. I understand. All right, final question. Okay. After this year's cross-country steak tour, which steakhouse would you recommend in Lincoln? Well, Casa Bovina is the highest end in town. I mean, Casa Bovina, most expensive restaurant in town, highest level chefs, nicest experience. I mean, if you can get a reservation there, that's where you would go. If Sounds you want like sp- Tuesday night to me. Uh, but if you want to spend, <laughs> you want to spend the money. I mean, but th- there's a lot of other good ones, guys. Misty's. Havelock. Old school. Yeah, go Misty's yeah, Havelock. I if mean, you're those. a football fan coming into Lincoln, go to the original Misty's just for the the pet band comes in. of it. Ambiance. Yeah. Like the the steaks are good, but the ambiance is what makes Misty's special. Venue venue's a good spot too. Um the venue. Yeah, it is, sure is. Um, it's good. For it's a good. steak. Yeah, it's good food. What's the uh Tavern one eighty has Ta- the steaks? We are sponsors. What do we have this July in July? The Wagyu. The Was Wagyu. That last July? The Wagyu, and then they have the um, prime ribeye, which yeah. Yeah. they are one of the only places that consistently carry a prime USDA prime steak on the menu. Probably the one Wagyu of the better steaks I've had in Lincoln. Yeah, the Wagyu steak is, I, I don't even want to think about it right now. It's so good. That's, it's that good. Yeah, it's Tavern 180 is hard to beat, and it gets busy on the week. I mean, they're pretty busy, and they have brunch there as well, so uh, that, that's a good spot to go. But, yeah, if you had just no concern about money and wanted to get the best experience, the best – quality meal costable being in my opinion it's hard to beat but like sip said if you're here to experience nebraska yeah. the game if you're a football fan coming to lincoln and misty's it's, it's just so i like it because it's so dimly lit yeah like you got that classic kind of steakhouse in. vibe it's kind of sink in and then you it. walk and we're going to go to a place like that in yeah, madison you'll like tornado it. room you'll i mean like it. is it like that oh it's, yes. a, it's a throwback it's like a time warp oh god that's like you're stepping perfect. back into 1960 yeah we need that that's good. We need more of that. We need to live in the past way more. Cell phones aren't allowed to be used. Good. All right. When we come back, we'll close the show with some Big Ten discussion. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Final segment of the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robin Washett. Before we get into some Big Ten discussion, this segment of the Husker Online Show, Steve Sipple, brought to you by... Uh, Larson Motors. If you're looking for a new vehicle, go for a new experience at Larson Motors in Nebraska City. Larson Motors is one of the Midwest's only dealerships with all the major brands in one location. Finding your new Chevrolet, GMC, Hummer, Ford, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, or Ram has never been easier. Start your new experience today at LarsonMotorGroup.com. Or at Larson Motors in Nebraska City. Larson Motors, real people, real deals. That's Larson with an O. All right, let's get into um, some Big Ten discussion. Um, last week, obviously, Nebraska lost 20 to 17 at Michigan State, Ohio State. Uh, Rutgers had the lead on them at halftime before the Buckeyes pulled away to win 35 16 in New Jersey. 
uh, one of the bigger upsets of the week. Indiana beats Wisconsin 20-14. to 14. The vaunted Badgers and their high-profile head coach, Luke Fickle, now sit at 5-4. and four. Ooh, vitriol. Well, vitriol at Sean's Acts court. like Luke Fickle has cured everything and figured it all out. He's 5-4. and four. Nebraska's 5-4. and That's fair. 5-4, and four, right? It's fair, mm-hmm. Sean. Um, Illinois. Beats P.J. Fleck. God Minnesota's 5-4. Crushing loss for P.J. Illinois, 20, uh, Illinois, 27-26 winners. They could get to a bowl. They have Northwestern remaining on their schedule, so they they just got to find two out of three to get to a bowl. Uh, Iowa beats Northwestern, and the fighting Ferences now are 7-2. and two. Northwestern's 4-5. and five. Maryland drills Penn State 51-15. Then Michigan, 41-13. Again, that game looked about like every Michigan game we've seen this year in the Big Ten where the, the Wolverines just kind of pull away and, and dominate in the second half. Yeah, they just keep flexing. Minnesota's loss, I, it, I can't tell you how crushing that must be for P.J. Fleck in that program. Illinois had to win it with their backup quarterback in the final moments. Altmaier was down. They threw in a backup. He completed uh, – Sean, they didn't have hardly any time on the clock, Illinois, in their final drive, and somehow beat the Gophers – in Minneapolis, I, I don't. I mean, it's. I'm, I was almost speechless when I saw how it happened. Yeah, the Wisconsin game too, losing to Indiana. I mean, granted they were on the road, but they were seven and a half point favorites, and just they they were never in control. They were down ten at halftime, and Indiana just kind of controlled the game. This is this is why the loss by Nebraska was oh, no. the opportunity. It, the opportunity missed. Minnesota loses. To go to three and three in the in the league, and Wisconsin loses to go to three and three in the league. Nebraska had a chance to be right there with Iowa, tied atop the Big Ten West. Golden opportunity missed. Golden opportunity missed. Yep. So this week uh, we move forward here to Week Eleven, and obviously Nebraska, Maryland on there, uh, but the big game is. Big noon kickoff, Michigan, Penn State. Oh God, that's big. Um, Eleven a.m. kick at. Penn State, Illinois, Indiana, Illinois. That game is in Champaign. So, again, Brett Bielema, to get to a bowl game, just has to beat Indiana and Northwestern. I think that's pretty doable for Brett Bielema. I think he's going to go bowling. It is really doable. It's interesting that you're that interested in it. Well, um, just that, I mean, <laughs> I he's kind of he's kind of pulled it out. I yeah, mean, he kind of has. You're if right. If they go to six and six, things feel a lot better in Champaign. Yeah, all eyes in State College, though. And I, I, I don't know what to – I mean – I think Michigan can win it fairly easily because Penn State's offense lacks firepower on the perimeter. They do run it well. I, but I said it when Penn State played Ohio State, and I'll say it again. I don't think Drew Aller's ready to beat a defense like Michigan's, no. even, at, even on his home field. I don't, I don't think the quarterback for Penn State's ready to, to beat Michigan. I think he might be ready to come close. But as we've learned at Nebraska, what does coming close mean? Next to nothing. I mean, it means next yeah, to what's nothing. What's losing to Michigan by three points mean? But doesn't Coach mean really hardly anything. Next year. Yeah, yep. doesn't mean hardly anything. Um, yeah. Minnesota, Purdue, uh, and West Lafayette. Boilermakers are a one-point favorite. Northwestern at Wisconsin. That's a sneaky, interesting game. Yep. Because uh, Wisconsin is kind of in a bad spot. Northwestern's dangerous. Yep. Iowa hosts Rutgers. Hawkeyes oh, just wow. a one-point favorite. Over under Robin Wash at twenty eight and a half on that game. That's what do you even, think? That's right about where it was with Northwestern too, and the under hit on that one. And I'm so. using the CBS uh, page for these numbers. Yeah, so I mean Rutgers sitting at six and three. I mean they've shown that they're a formidable opponent that is also uh, good at winning ugly. And so we'll see what Iowa's all about. Let's see if they can continue to get all these breaks that they've been getting and lean on that defense and special teams to yet another victory because Rutgers that's that's how they want to play as well. They're tough. They're a tough team. I mean, you, you, we saw it out there when we went out there how physical that defense is. The defense for Rutgers is real. They do have a good running back, but I just don't know if that quarterback who, whose name is escaping me. Wisman? Yeah, Wisman. Gavin Wisman. Gavin Wisman is a is Wismet. a tough kid, good runner, not a good thrower. They'll have to go into Iowa City and run for a pretty significant amount to win. Wimsat. Wimsat. And I don't know if they can do that. And then Michigan State is a 31-and-a-half point dog at Ohio State. It's not a matter of if the Spartans are going to win, in my opinion, in Columbus. But that's a huge number, a spread. It seems like, too big. I just – I mean, Ohio State's not blowing people out like that right now. And Michigan State plays a style that will at least 
slow it down a little bit enough where I think that game will, will be a lot closer than 31 and a half. Michigan State, the, the stat that didn't get discussed enough last week was has played the nation's second toughest schedule uh, at Michigan State. Think about it. They have Washington, Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State. Yeah. It's the second toughest schedule in the country. And the other thing that I thought was very misleading was this notion that their locker room had caved in. They didn't – it didn't – it didn't. It didn't present itself that way when they played Minnesota the week before. No, I mean, I, I didn't understand that. This assumption that its locker room had caved in. I know. I, I don't make that assumption about anyone, including Maryland. I don't know that they've caved in. Michigan State reminded me a lot of Nebraska last year. The coach gets fired earlier in the year. Yeah, they were so close to winning games with the interim staff at times, but they would come up short, mm-hmm. and then they they pulled some out like Nebraska did last year. That's Michigan State right now. They're they're playing everybody fairly tough, but except Michigan, the turmoil that they've battled. It's tough to kind of finish games when yeah. when you're incomplete. Yeah, good point, Sean. And Nebraska dealt with that last year. Incomplete's a good way to put. it. I mean, it. the Purdue game. They were yeah. just incomplete in yeah. West Lafayette. They played well, but they couldn't win that game. Right. But, I mean, when you're interim, you're really not supposed to win. Right. I mean, I mean they've already fired everybody right. at yeah. that point. That's so it's, it's, it's kind of a tough deal. But, all right, lots to delve into as we get ready for Nebraska-Maryland. Husker Online postgame live. Uh, we are planning on a 5 p.m. show, uh, give or take game time. Uh, but Husker Online postgame live Saturday, 5 p.m. here on the Husker Online channel. We'll have it on podcasts as well. Uh, Husker Online headlines as well uh, here throughout the week. But lots of great coverage. Make sure you stay with HuskerOnline.com, not only for football, but Abby Barmore brings you the best volleyball coverage you're going to find. Robin Washett as well um, is the dean of Husker basketball writers. Yes. Yeah. You're, you're the old man on the beach. Just means I'm a God. Yeah. He, come on. Don't call Robin an old man. The, are there. you the now Babcock's still the dean? Yeah, I'm not the Chattel is older than me. <laughs> You're not the dean yet. No, I'm close. <laughs> You're not even close. All right. Well, thanks again uh, for joining us here this week. For Steve Sippel and Robin Washette, I'm Sean Callahan. Thanks again for joining us this week on Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics.